tan 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 cute answer <laughs> dave's not here man well that was a failed intro 
Welcome to Unholy Mofos. I'm your host, Brother Scott, and joined always by Jake the Snake. Yeah, that is me. And, uh, you know, we're going old school with this one. Old school brothers, duo, duos, I don't know what you want to call them. Yeah, we're, uh, we're going to be doing a couple of Cheech and Chong movies. Probably the only two that I've actually seen, so... Yeah, I've seen a few, including one of them that we've done today. But, uh, yeah, I don't know why I don't get around to watching much of these. Yeah, like like we were talking about when we wanted to initially start this show. We, we were shocked how many there actually are. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. yeah, I had a feeling there were quite a few, but, man. Yeah, so uh, we're going to be starting out. I'm going to be doing Up in Smoke. I'm going to be doing the next movie called... Next movie. <laughs> yeah, so it should be fun. Okay, so uh, sounds like there's some uh, interesting results from last time of the girls' tournament, Scott. Yeah, we had uh, quite an upset, I think. Well... Starting out in our last week's matchups, we had Carrie Ann Moss against Shawnee Smith. Mm-hmm. And Shawnee sweeps it 3-1. to one. Well. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. And then uh, we had Chloe Grace Moretz against Danielle Harris. Another 3-1 to one for Danielle Harris. <laughs> then we get to Courtney Cox. And Marissa Tomei. And with an actual sweep, Marissa Tomei wins 4 nothing. Wow. Yeah. Not even one for Courtney. Damn. <laughs> and then we have the upset. Jamie Lee Curtis against Natalie Portman. Jamie won 3-2. to two. Uh, Yeah, at least it was a close matchup. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's... It's fine, you know, it is what it is, you know. Not, not all the girls that we root for are going to win. That's why I said it's an upset, because I voted for her. You didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, when you said upset, I was thinking, oh, fuck, did uh, Courtney end up beating Marissa or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> Just wanted to build the anticipation. <laughs> but, yeah, we're moving on. We got some really tough matchups, I think, this week. Yeah, so I remembered it should be. Starting out, we've got Jennifer Lawrence against Scarlett Johansson. Fuck! <laughs> there were some real easy matchups, but now we're getting into the tough stuff. Well, you know, as far as looks go, it's tough, but you know what? Scarlett, she's fucking Black Widow, so... And uh, Jennifer, I thought she is. She wasted my time with that fucking Hunger Games movie. So I'll give it to Scarlett. You know, I don't. I've never actually watched the Hunger Games movies. I've not watched the X Men movies that she was in, and I I can't say I really know anything she's actually been in that I've seen. But I mean, Scarlett Johansson has been in Eight Legged Freak. Black Widow. I mean, come on, it's an easy choice. 
Mm, so many spider-themed movies. <laughs> <laughs> so I say Scarlet is going to be up to nothing. Okay. Then we have Adrian Barbeau against Alexandra Daddario. And I actually watched that first episode of Creepshow. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And she's getting up there in age. Yeah. Gee, <laughs> You know, if she wasn't going up against Adario, then I'd say it'd be a tough choice. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to give Adario the edge right here. Uh, you know, I like them both. Uh, I, I don't know. This this one is tough for me. You know, Adario, she's in some really good movies. And, like, she was in It's Always Sunny. Right. Like, she, 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 that was one of the good episodes. <laughs> Charlie freaking uses her. <laughs> I mean, but Adrienne Barbeau, I mean, she's in fucking The Fog. She's in so many goddamn classic movies. Oh, it's, this, I think, is going to be one of the toughest ones for me to pick. Dramatic pause. Um... I'm gonna have to go with Adrian. Yeah, all right. I mean, it's it's just it's too close to call, and I I it's really tough. <laughs> this is <laughs> definitely going to need to be tiebroken because, like, I mean, there's no way we would be able to, to decide. Right. <laughs> I think the next one might be a little bit easier. So. We have Mary Elizabeth Winstead against Gillian Anderson. Hmm. Well, you had... Anyway, I grew up a little bit with Gillian Anderson watching The X-Files. And, yeah, Mary Elizabeth. Yeah, she's got some moments, and like in Scott Pilgrim. Again, grew up with Gillian, so I'm going to go with her in this case. Yeah, I'm going to agree. I don't... For me, I haven't seen enough of Mary's movies to, you know, say, oh, she's great. Or, you know, anything like that. So, you know, but I've I've seen a full eight seasons of The X-Files, so... Plus, I remember her in uh, Hannibal as well, and, man, she was just so sexy in Hannibal. I mean, she was just playing the psychologist for Hannibal, but... It's just the way she carried herself on that show is just like, oh, fuck, I'd let her be my psychologist. <laughs> All right. So, it's a 2 nothing sweet for her. And then, Jake, Catherine Isabel against Drew Barrymore. Catherine. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Drew's got her moments, but Catherine, man. <laughs> I'm going Drew Barrymore. I mean, (laughs) she's been in fucking everything, man. She has been in the business since she was a kid. Like, it's crazy. She was in fucking E.T., Firestarter, fucking Donnie Darko. I mean, Santa Clarita Diet. Scream. Scream. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, you know, for me, I think it's just an easy pick. I mean... Sure, Catherine's been in some of the more modern stuff, but, I mean, you, you, I think Drew can be officially called a scream queen. I guess, yeah. 
Yeah, she's starting her own talk show really soon. You know, that's that's just my vote. I'm sure if Sean was here, he'd say Drew Barrymore as well. <laughs> did, you, did you know that she's in her own talk show really soon? No, I did not. Yeah, I've seen commercials of that. And now she's actually doing a pretty clever commercial where she's taking footage from an old interview she had, like, from when she was, like, younger, probably around the time of E.T., and he'll pretend to be talking to herself. And of course, when I'm watching that commercial, I'm thinking, you know, if she were actually talking to her younger self, she'd probably be saying a lot of shit that she shouldn't be doing. Yeah, so I think that's going to wrap up this week's matchups. The, uh, the polls will go live, and I know we didn't really have as much time this week for you to vote. That's why the numbers were down. But... You know, and it is what it is. Yeah. Gotta get ourselves back on schedule a little bit. Yeah. You know, we're, we don't not, we're not going to make it a habit of doing weekly shows again, because, you know, we don't want to put that on Jake. Yeah. <laughs> he, he likes only having to edit shows once a week, or once <laughs> every other week. So. so, what's next week looking like? Oh, I put it away. All right, let's see. Well, to start out, we have Charlize Theron against Jessica Alba. Hmm. Winona Ryder against Elizabeth Banks. Mm-hmm. Caroline Williams against Zoe Zaldana. Okay. Christina Ritchie against Heather Graham. Okay, so sounds like some more tough matchups next time. Yep. It's gonna be a long, long ride. We can imagine when we get down to the final four. <laughs> it's it's going to be tough. Yeah, my fear is, oh, God, what if we get Alexander Daddario versus Catherine Isabel? What am I going to fucking do? Well, it, you know, it's, it's just one of those things. I guess. All right. Well, uh, I got something for you. Oh my god, dude, I'm freaking out. I am so stressed out. I feel like I'm having a panic attack. You want to talk about stress? You want to talk about stress? Okay? I've stumbled onto a major company conspiracy, Mac. How about that for stress? What the hell are you talking about? Hit me with that. It's kind of a conspiracy, but it's also at the same time, like, actually real. Uh Uh-huh. So, this is Facebook and Google monitor everything that you do. Uh-huh. So, so funny because uh, <laughs> I was talking with my mom about this recently. Um, shoot, I forgot what they were talking about, but apparently, yo, next thing I knew, they see freaking ad for it. Yeah. So, uh, Facebook and Google are monitoring monitoring everything you type, post, and say. There are so many stories of people talking about, say, cats. And getting ads for cat food within an hour. They never search for cats or cat food then or in the past. Just said the word a few times. Reply All did a podcast episode debunking this theory. But all it boiled down to was an email from Facebook stating they did not do this. What, what are your thoughts on this whole, you know, them listening to us thing? Yeah, man, I mean. I swear, sometimes it's like they even can read your mind, dude. I mean, you ever start searching for something on Google 
like you want to look up like let's see a very very specific thing like uh you know uh why do i sneeze after cough drops or something like that you just type down the first two words of that and then suddenly one of the suggestions is exactly what you're looking for you ever experience that uh, i think i have before yeah yeah that that's fucking crazy right there man that's just like what the fuck you can read my mind now <laughs> but yeah shit like this uh as william kind of starts to move to another uh, search engine duck duck go uh, not free advertisement, but uh, check this shit out because they're a hell of a lot more private, and you, you guys are using that especially. A little anecdote right here. Uh, recently, I bought my girlfriend a promise ring. Not an engagement ring, a promise ring. Don't get too excited, people. I, I, I know Sean would probably be <laughs> too excited if he were here right now. About... Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bought it on ebay which i guess is part of google and well next thing you know like you know i'm watching something on youtube and one of the ads i get is for engagement rings and that right there is like making me so glad i don't live with her right now because can you imagine if i bought that for her and then just suddenly she sees these fucking ads on tv yeah it's i've done this before like i was talking to somebody about like guitars way back when before i was you know i was thinking about getting one and i was like i was even out of the house i wasn't even connected to wi-fi or anything right so right. we're we're in the car we're talking about you know hey look i think you know i, I kind of like you know this this one guitar i've been seeing uh you know somebody showed a picture of it to me and like when i got home I started getting ads from fucking Guitar Center, and it was it was just ridiculous. And you know, it they say they're not listening, but they are. Hi, government. I know you're listening. Yeah, now I'm starting to look around on my Facebook, seeing if I have any uh, fucking ads for engagement rings now. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really dumb, and they need to stop fucking invading our privacy because you know we're. I mean. People on watch lists need to be watched. I mean, we're regular right. Americans. What are we going to freaking search up and, and try to do? It's just, to me, the whole thing is stupid, and it's just our government doing whatever the fuck they want to do. And again, another reason why I use uh, VPNs as well. <sighs> yeah. So, I just, I saw that, and I was like, hey, look, I've freaking, I've thought about that theory for a long time, so. Oh, yeah, and look at this. <laughs> Now you see something weird. My girlfriend asked me if I could pick up like a hamburger meat before I visit her later. And look at that ground beef advertisement on Facebook. Yep. Yeah, it is what it is. Yep. So, yeah, people, VPNs and DuckDuckGo. If you don't want to see this shit often. Yeah, I just... People... We, we, we got to figure something out here. From the entire Channel 4 News team, I'm Veronica Corningstone. And I'm Ron Burgundy. Go fuck yourself, San Diego. Let's play a quick turnaround. We actually do got kind of a bit of news right here. So last week we talked about the new Batman movie, which we saw a trailer for, but it's still in production. Well, uh, 
production's been put on hold now because, uh, well, the star just tested positive for COVID. Yeah, I heard about that, but I actually heard that uh, they're continuing production without him. Well, that's another thing I had. Apparently, that's fake news, apparently. Yeah, I, I, who knows what the fuck I believe. Well, let's see. Yeah, it is what it is. I don't really care. <laughs> I take a drink every time you say that sentence today, Scott. <laughs> I swear you, it's like the tenth time you said that already. <laughs> Uh, I don't think so, but, you know, I'll have to go back and listen and take a drink every time I fucking say it. <laughs> Either way, you're saying it a lot today. Yeah, this is actually kind of old news right now, but they've, like, expanded a bit more. You've been hearing about this new Friday the 13th box set that's coming out. Yeah, with the, the whatchamacallit, the footage, uncut footage. Yeah, from Friday the 13th Part 2. Uh, let's just say, when this was first announced, I was debating. I was like, hmm, do I want to? I may already have a box set. But uh, I went and checked, and well, the stuff they had for it back then made me decide. I'm like, okay, fuck it, and put in my pre-order, and even went and uh, sold my original box set that I had, even though this one is supposed to get here until October. But yeah, I'm jumping the gun that quickly. Yeah, I mean, I I saw it, but I don't know. I mean, I don't want to drop that much money on fucking box sets. It's, there's going to be another one that comes out in like two years. <laughs> yeah, that's true, but oh, well, I did good with the uh, previous one, and you know, I think I'll do good with this one for years to come. Uh, apparently, I guess this one's supposed to have a really good uh, 3D copy of Part 3 as well. Well, uh... I hope so, because, oh my god, I tried to watch the 3D on the uh, last box set, and I had to give up on it very, very quickly, because the 3D there was just so bad that, oh my god, it felt like somebody stabbed me right behind my eyes. <laughs> oh, plus another thing that really made me decide to drop money on this one is, uh, well, the problem with the previous one is that they had Jason Goes to Hell on it, but they had the rated cut, and... <laughs> Well, the only w- way to watch that movie is with the unrated cut. I mean, I remember second time I watched that movie was with the rated cut. Like, you know, we reached that famous tent scene in that movie because you know, in the unrated cut, you know, the shit's like fucking Ray and that dude goes on quite a bit longer. So much that almost gets pretty like softcore porn-ish. Then <laughs> Jason possessing the coroner's body ends up jamming that uh, spike right through her. It's bleeding her in half. Well, that's very, very edited in the rated cut. Oh, yeah, yeah you know, unrated is, I've always said unrated are typically better, but I mean, there's, I think, like, um, was it, uh, Halloween 6, theatrical, I think is better, you know, I mean, so, so it's, you know, it's give and take, I mean, yeah, I don't think I've actually seen the unrated of that one, so, you know. Well, it's basically what you've seen, just less gore and less sex. Basically, and I wonder if they're ever going to consider doing another Halloween or Nightmare on Elm Street box set really soon. Well, let me tell you what, if they do one for Nightmare on Elm Street, I'm really going to hesitate on that just because the one I have is uh, autographed by Freddy Krueger himself. Yeah, so it's going to be tough for me to give that up. <laughs> I wouldn't sell it. 
Yeah. It's just like, you know, even though I own the Halloween box set, I kept my copy of Halloween 4 and 5 just because Daniel Harris signed it. That's cool. Got some Scream 5 casting news right here. I was excited about this one. Yeah, I was about to ask, like, I still have yet to watch The Boys. I plan on that really soon, but one of the stars has been cast in the movie. You mean you haven't seen The Boys Season 1 yet? You should know me by now when it comes to TV shows and how long it takes me to get to them, man. I mean, come on. I mean, it's it's a good fucking show. Season 2 just dropped yesterday. I mean, you would probably remember me talking about it in a past Stranger Things, yeah. I know. I'll get to that soon, too. <laughs> yeah, you'll get to it as soon as we do it on the fucking show. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. So since I don't know the boys very well, just from like, look what this guy looks like, uh, looks like he could be like the new Randy type character for this movie. I don't know. That's the kind of vibes I'm getting from him. So what what kind yeah. of character? What kind of character does he play in the boys? I mean, what could you see him playing in Scream Five? Yeah, I, I kind of see that. But at the same time, I mean, it could also be a curveball. He could end up being the killer, you know? I mean, it's yeah. he's I think he's got, you know, a lot of range for different things that he can do. Uh, you know, it's it, God damn it. I can't I can't fucking go into it because you haven't seen the show. Yeah. But, oh, shit. You know, Apparently he was in Rampage. I think I kind of slightly remember him in Rampage now, but it's probably a very small role. You know, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think I think whatever he plays, he'll be able to pull it off. You know, he's 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 pretty good on the show. And well, the besides him and you know, the usual three, you know, the other cast members include like um yeah some people I don't really recognize like uh, Melissa Barrera and Jenna Ortega, and so they're getting some unknowns for this movie, which is surprising because you know with Scream Four, I mean you know besides the big three, they had some bigger names in it like Allison Brie and Hayden Panettiere and Emma Roberts. It looks like they're going for unknowns with this one. Yeah, I mean, I like, you know, when you cast, you know, people who, you know, don't have a big name because, you know, you, know, you never know. They could do a lot better of a job than, you know, some big actors. You know, you, you never know. I mean, it could it could rise them to stardom. Like, you you see what the kid, the Stranger Things kids did. Yeah, right. You know? I mean, you know, all the kids from, you know, the, the it, you know, remake, you know? Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're getting a bunch of work these days, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. So, and, uh, you know, I, I'm okay with it. I mean, we've talked about this before. There's definitely a new Paranormal Activity coming out, and it's coming out March 2022. Yeah, quite a bit of ways, but, you know, this whole pandemic thing is uh, quite a bit of ways from being over, so. Yeah. And I guess speaking of, like, uh, I mean, even though they're still releasing some movies, and I do kind of want to mention that because I saw that uh, New Mutants, well, took the top spot with uh, 7 million. You know, normally that wouldn't be too good, but in this pandemic world where people are uncertain about going to the movies, it's actually kind of good. Especially when you compare it to all the other uh, releases, what they're making at the box office just kind of makes you wonder, like, how these movies would be faring if, you know, it was just regular release. I mean, man, I can't wait to see what uh, Christopher Nolan's Tenet will be doing at the box office this weekend because, you know, if that was uh, being released in regular times, you know, it'd be like fucking banking it in. But, you know, with the circumstances, I just can't wonder how it will be doing. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see myself i'm really shocked 
New Mutants fucking made as much as it did, considering the reviews I heard. Man, you know, considering the circumstances of that movie, like, that's how bad luck it was. Yeah, I heard, you know, one guy who saw it, you know, he's he's into all the Marvel stuff, and he, you know, he's got a YouTube channel and everything, and he went to go see it, like, early or something, and he said it was just meh. So, you know, yeah. for me, that's that's just a sign of like, hey, you know, why did you actually release this? Yeah, man, it just makes you wonder why they released that. I mean, I mean, considering the circumstances, that definitely would have probably gone like to like, streaming services, you would have thought. But no, they, they were resilient to making a theatrical release. Yeah, it is what it is. There you go again, man. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah. No, you said uh, I was saying I don't care. Well, I probably shouldn't have brought that up because now that I brought it to your attention, you'll probably start saying it a little bit more. <laughs> uh, yep. What do you think that was? <laughs> <laughs> Concept for it. I'm like, oh, okay. It sounds kind of interesting. Might be something unknown gem to come out later this year. A little movie called Spontaneous about teens spontaneously exploding like okay that sounds cool how can you go yeah. and then i watched uh, and uh uh i don't know about it right now yeah i thought that was pretty funny like uh kids just exploding in the classroom but it, yeah it looks more like a freaking love story than yeah yeah ugh. i mean maybe it's a case of like really shitty trailer that doesn't represent the movie very well but yeah, uh, it just went from maybe slightly interested to, yeah, I'll definitely wait for that to come to the streaming service now. Isn't, isn't that coming to Hulu? I, from what I, I read, it, it, it's going to be a theatrical release and, you know, then digital. I don't know, I thought it was, um, I thought it was a Hulu exclusive movie, or like a Hulu original. I mean, maybe, maybe he'll surprise me, I'll watch him like, hey, I do kind of like this, but I don't know, I mean. I mean, even if circumstances were normal, I wouldn't rush to see that on the big screen. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it, all right. it has an interesting concept, but if it's it's more about the love story than anything else, then it's, it's probably not going to be as good. Yeah. Good Lord. What are you watching? Well, I, uh, I'm still grinding on the, uh, the Clone Wars. I finally got into Season 5. Mm-hmm. And it's a pretty fun show so far. You know, I kind of wanted to get into it from uh, having played uh, the fucking game that just came out. I can't remember what it's called. It's not. I'm blanking. You know what I mean, though, right? Yeah, I, I, I Fall, get what Fallen you're Jedi or some some shit. Fallen Order. Yeah, oh, Fallen Order. Yeah, I think oh. that was. Yeah, I played that for a bit, actually. Yeah, I, I freaking it made me want to go dive into the TV show, and you know, I, I remember pausing for quite a while, but you know, in the last couple of weeks, I've I've gotten back into it, and I've watched like a season and a half's worth in just a few weeks, so that's pretty good. Uh, I actually watched a movie, a movie mm-hmm. that I talked about a while ago, movie with Keanu Reeves. Mm-hmm. Do you remember which one I'm talking about? What was it? It was Knock Knock. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you seen it? I have. Yes, I have. It was definitely not something I was expecting. Yeah. Like, I mean, I kind of knew what I was expecting going in, but I thought it was going to be a lot different. Right. Like, 
Keanu Reeves is like a freaking victim throughout the movie, and like you expect him to freaking just break loose and just fucking kill these girls. I know, right? Like I was expecting it the whole time, and I was so disappointed when he didn't. And I was—it was just—it was a—it was, was a real bummer. But I mean, yeah. it, it was still an Eli Roth movie, so you know, you, you definitely tell. Yeah, I guess he could. Although, maybe they were expecting a sequel because, you know, oh, it's a Keanu Reeves movie and they take his dog at the end. Hmm. Yeah, that was fucked up, man. I, was, I, was, I saw that. I'm sitting there. I'm looking at it. I'm like, they're really stealing this dude's dog. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, it's just it was it was a weird fucking movie. You know, it's definitely not what I expected going in. You know, I you know, it, that kind of bummed me out. Yeah, so. sounds about right. Yeah, when definitely. I when I see Keanu Reeves on the screen, I expect him to be, you know, fucking shit up and, you know, doing what he does. Yeah, I guess he wanted to try something a little different, but uh, yeah, just didn't work out too well. I mean, I'm not saying it was bad, you know, it, it had, you know, some good tense moments and some really weird freaking messed up shit in it. But, yeah. you know, I mean, if you're looking for action, Keanu, this isn't it. Right. But there's fucking tits and sex in it, so, you know. Yeah, there's that's a... what you're looking for, you know, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, one of those chicks in that movie, that's a Eli Ross, ex-wife, I believe. I mean, now ex-wife, I believe they were still together when they made this movie, but yeah, just another one of those directors is like, hey, here's my wife, here's what I bang every night. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least it's not Argento. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're not even going to go into that. <laughs> yeah, we um, go into that shit every time on NFW. <laughs> and then, uh, I, uh, as I was telling Jake, I've been, uh, I've been going for a lot of walks this past week. Probably walked almost 30 miles this week. And during that time, I've, uh, I've just been watching, you know, YouTube videos. And, so you know, just, and watch YouTube videos. Yeah, I mean, while I'm walking, I'm looking up, making sure where I'm watching, where I'm going. But I, I look down to see what's going on. You know, it's you know, it's it's easy to double task. I guess maybe. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I can't do that. I mean, usually when I'm walking, I usually have to make sure I have some music to listen to at least. But yeah, I don't know about uh, I don't know about walking and watching. Well, that's you. You know, for me, it's it's really nothing. Um, but yeah, I've had freaking hours and hours of YouTube. That's that's pretty much it for me. Okay, well, I have a lot more shit I watch. I'm kind of, especially more than last time. Kind of surprising considering you know this is a week later and not two weeks later, and you know I had shit last time. A bunch of newer watches. It's so one movie called The Devil's Own with Brad Pitt and Harrison Ford. Or Brad Pitt, he plays an IRA terrorist, Irish terrorist from back in the day. And, you know, he uh, comes to America to do some tasks and he's staying with Harrison Ford and his family. You know, just pretend to be like a good guy. But, you know, of course, Harrison Ford finds out the shit he's been doing a little later. Yeah, that was that was a decent movie. And then uh, a substitute for this uh, ex-merc guy. His uh, wife, who's a teacher, ends up getting assaulted, and so he decides he's going to act as a substitute at this, like, really, really fucking tough school, and then find out, like, who's behind, like, all this shady shit going on. I, I remember seeing commercials for this as younger, and, you know, at the time, I'm just thinking, you know, it's just another one of those, like, dangerous mind-type 
movies. But uh, no, it's a it's a big old fucking action movie. But you get Ernie Hudson as the villain, who's a principal who's actually behind all the drug shit going on. Uh, watch Metro with Eddie Murphy. I mean, watch that for a while, especially after we got done watching uh, the Beverly Hills Cop movie, because I just remember commercials for that movie, and it kind of gave me a little bit of a Beverly Hills Cop vibe. That's a little different from the Beverly Hills Cop movie, because, you know, it is Eddie Murphy does have some funny shit, but it's definitely a lot grittier than those movies, that's for sure. You know, he plays a negotiator, and, well, there's a guy who's, like, a mean-looking bad guy. And one part, well, he's going to the bank to talk to him, and well, the guy shows him an eerie cut off one of the victims. Yeah, that kind of shit. Pretty messed up. Yeah. Then, uh, Eye for an Eye. It's a movie with Sally Field. Well, she plays a mom, and, well, her teenage daughter gets, uh, raped and killed by Kiefer Sutherland. Jesus. Yeah, and, well, he gets arrested, but... Because of uh, something they messed up with the evidence, he ends up getting released. And so, uh, well, you know how those movies usually go. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, it was a pretty interesting movie. I mean, once again, Kiefer Sutherland plays a really uh, scuzzy bad guy. Yeah, he was pretty good at that. And then uh, some movies I've seen before, well, I, Frankenstein, with Aaron Eckhart playing the Frankenstein monster. It's... One of my biggest guilty pleasure movies ever. I mean, this movie, I, I never see a very good review for it at all. But, oh, I watch it. I have a good time. I mean, it's basically the underworld movies, except uh, replace the vampires with uh, gargoyle creatures, the werewolves with demons, and then you got the Frankenstein monster thrown in there. But uh, I think it's a fun movie to watch. Then another one called copycat uh, one that i think it's been maybe a decade or so since i've last seen this one it's a pretty interesting movie sigourney weaver she plays somebody who's like you know well she studies serial killers and then there's somebody going around killing people but uh the thing is they're copying the mo's of a bunch of famous serial killers like they'll try to make sure that the killing scene is like a hundred percent matching the killing scenes of one of these killers like one of the examples is like berkowitz the son of sam so you know he makes sure to like shoot her in a car right near a gas station and have some 70s music playing on the stereo yeah it's it's a very interesting movie especially if you know serial killer type stuff is it is it kind of like you know uh zodiac yeah, maybe. I would say, anyway, it's probably a lot more closer to Seven, at least. I mean, yeah, I know, same director as Zodiac, but I get a lot more vibes from Seven. And uh, I'm continuing to read. Uh, I finished this one book by Christopher Pike called Monster. Uh, basically, best way to describe this book is that it's basically uh, Stephen King's Tommy Knockers, except with a more young adult vibe. Because it's about, well, a meteor crashing to Earth like millions of years ago. And of course, it leaves behind some alien organisms. And, well, the crater this meteor crashed into ends up becoming a lake. And, uh, well, uh, they start uh, taking the water and distributing it. And uh, a few students at high school end up uh, being turned into these aliens. Sounds a lot like that freaking episode of Creepshow. Yeah, I guess so. And, Granted, not with the meteor crashing to Earth, but, you know. Oh, yeah, this current one I'm reading is uh called The Ancient Enemy. 
I haven't gotten too far into it, but from what I can understand from the back of the book about this teenage girl who buys a VCR to tape movies, and then somehow she ends up getting uh, Tomorrow's News instead. I'm interested to see how that goes. I wonder if I did even read it back in the day. I mean, when I was reading Monster, it wasn't feeling familiar to me at first, but then the further and further I got into it, I'm like, oh yeah, I think I did read this one back in the day. But this one, I'm not quite sure. I, I guess I'll get into that more and more I read it. That's an but, interesting yeah. concept you could do for like a Tales from the Crypt or a creep show. Like, you know, some guy buys a fucking TV from like a, a pawn shop or something. Right. And, you know, he he gets to see the future with the news and stuff. And then, like, you know, he it, he tries to stop it. But, you know, yeah. later on in the episode, you know, he turns it on and he sees, you know, himself murdered in his home or something. And fucking it's, it's a fight for survival or something. I, I don't know. It could be a, an interesting concept. Yeah. Wonder if there is a concept like that out there. And, uh, oh God. Yeah, speaking of, I keep forgetting to bring this up in the news section. And part of the reasons I am getting into reading these books recently because they are talking about doing an adaptation of one of this author's, uh, Christopher Pike's work. And guess who's behind it? Mm, I don't know. Mike Flanagan. I should have seen that coming. <laughs> yeah, and. Well, I'm just like, well, considering what Mike Flanagan's been doing so far, consider me excited. I mean, we've seen him do uh, really fucking awesome with two King adaptations. Let's see him uh, do another author's work. Yeah, you know, if somebody's doing good work, you know, and they're going to keep getting, you know, paid big bucks. Yeah, do more I, good stuff. I have brought that up because, like, the thing he's adapting, well, it's based on a book where these teenagers in a hospice, they come together, start telling each other stories, and uh, from what I read, it sounds like they're trying to, like, adapt that into a kind of a anthology-type series, so, and uh, I think from what I read, Flanagan saying that they're going to try to incorporate some of the guy's works into those stories. So, yeah, maybe we will see that one adapted for the screen soon. Also, I kind of wonder, though, if they're going to adapt it for modern times, because it's like, yeah, I doubt people would be buying a VCR these days. <laughs> yeah, it'd have to be like a Blu-ray or 4K video player or something. Well, of course, then again, you can't really uh, tape things with that. So uh, she's going to, like, buy a, a new streaming service. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's a tough time with the changing times. You know, you got to try to really adapt something and make it really uh, fit in with today's technology. That's probably why a lot of people are doing a lot of uh, throwback movies these days. I imagine so. Just seems like it'd be easier. Yeah, uh, I, mm, yeah, we're going to have to find a way to make sure these characters don't end up calling people with their cell phone. Like, uh, hey, killers, ca- kill me in this cabin. Come get me. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, that's uh, my list. Now let's begin Cheech and Chong, shall we? Yeah, we're going to put in uh, a song, uh, a trailer, and we'll be back.
Hardy were the kings of comedy. Then Abbott and Costello took the 40s and split their sides with laughter. The 50s went hysterical and broke up to the wild antics of Martin and Lewis. In the great tradition of these laugh masters of the past come two guys who are hysterically funny. They're Cheech and Chong, the comedy team that gave birth to rock comedy and in the process turned on a whole generation. Now it's time for the Cheech and Chong movie, Up in Smoke. Is that a joint, man? Go up in Watch Cheech and Chong travel to Mexico to pick up the world's first van made entirely of marijuana. For years, people have smuggled grass across the borders in every way possible. Do you expect to see any violence here today? I certainly hope so. But things don't always go as planned. And even man's most heavenly plans go up in smoke. Getting pulled over by the cops, man. What? What's I don't have a license. You don't have a license? Sure. You don't have a license. Things get even higher when the world's only grass van starts smoking on its own. What do you guys want? If it isn't one bust, it's another. Oh, man, it's a cop, so strawberry, they're on your pad, man. They're going to bust your pad. Hey, hey, man, hi. What? Hi, man, it's a bust. What's going on? It's a bust, man. Hello? Get out of the house, man. It's being busted. All right, freeze. This is a bust. Oh. Uh. 
So if you want to see the dopiest van of all time, hey, first <laughs> on its way to the wildest rock concert of the century, and the high of a lifetime, see Cheech and Chong, the original high riders, in Up in Smoke. It must be some heavy... Cheech and Chong's Up in Smoke. Don't go straight to see this movie. And we're back. Jake's got the IMDb. We got Up in Smoke right here. Came out September 15th, 1978. And we got a 7.0 on IMDb. Directed by this guy named Lou Adler. But you should look also on the IMDb. It says that Tommy Chong is uncredited as a director as well. And of course, written by Tommy and Cheech as well. Uh, starring Cheech and Chong. And, uh, well, there was a big name I saw in this cast while watching this movie last night. I was like, oh, I did not expect to see him in this movie. Tom Skerritt. And, well, Stacy Keach also makes his appearance in this movie. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, that's pretty funny. You know, you don't, uh, don't expect these kinds of, uh, people to be in them. Yeah, well, uh, you know, uh, uh, only other one uh, besides the next one that I've watched before, Nice Dreams. He was uh, in that movie as well, uh, playing pretty much the same type of character, Stacey Keach, I mean. All right. Well, uh, we start out in uh, California because, of course, California, it's, it's the place where dreams come true. Mm-hmm. We meet a jobless hippie and stoner named Anthony Mann Stoner. He is uh, kicked out of his house by his rich and classy father. He ends up driving off in his father's car, which ends up uh, breaking down. And Anthony is left stranded near a beach, left to sleep in a ditch overnight with his belongings. Well, the next morning, Chicano stoner Pedro <laughs> Pedro de Pacas. Pedro, not Pedro. Well, <laughs> that's it says. P-E-D-O, pedo. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you pronounced it pedo, at least, and not the other way. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, it's a goof either way. (laughs) He he sets off from his his Mexican family house in his lowrider car, looking for love with uh, errands to run. (laughs) I love his uh, fucking license plate. You know that? Like, uh, was it Muff Diver? Yeah, uh, uh, that old cheech. <laughs> Pedro drives along the uh, the beach where he tries to pick up ladies and ends up seeing Anthony with a uh, melon stuffed under his shirt. <laughs> oh, hey, chica, hey. <laughs> Assuming that Anthony is a large-breasted woman, Pedro drives his car around and tries to pick her up, only to be horrified when he discovers Anthony is just a guy looking for a ride. Feeling bad... And, uh, you know, liking that Anthony likes his car, Pedro gives Anthony a ride, but uh, missing, you know, uh, just missing being caught by the the police. Uh, While driving, the two uh, take a liking to each other, being that uh, they both like smoking marijuana. So Pedro offers Anthony a small joint, which is all like, (laughs) it's it's all bent up and shit. That's a toothpick, man. Well, 
Well, uh, Anthony ends up showing Pedro this huge joint made out of dog feces, <laughs> being that the dog ate Anthony's stash. <laughs> We're smoking dog shit, man. <laughs> oh, I wonder what a Doberman tastes like, man. <laughs> the two smoke the joint and get uh, incredibly high, followed by Pedro accidentally swallowing a lot of acid. <laughs> the car ends up crashing into a light pole, and the two are arrested and the car towed away. <laughs> My favorite part is the, when he's just trying to calm Pedro down. He's like, hey, relax, man, relax. And then, ah! <laughs> <laughs> in, uh In a small courtroom trial, the two are being prosecuted with Anthony, still high as shit, begs for water. Uh, Pedro grabs some of the judge's water for Anthony, only to have Anthony spit it out, revealing it to actually be vodka. Fucking vodka, <laughs> man! With the judge taken away, Pedro and Anthony are let off free. The next morning, after Anthony meets and uh, argues with Pedro's band, you know, being that Pedro is a guitarist slash singer and Anthony is a drummer, the two set off to score some weed. However... The town is dry, being, you know, that many people are smoking pot these days. The, uh, the two visit Pedro's cousin, Strawberry, who is Tom Scarrett. Yeah. He is a retired war veteran who is a little messed up in the head and has a large birthmark on his face. Anthony stays in uh, Strawberry's messy apartment while Pedro and Strawberry go off on a motorcycle to get weed. Uh, while in the apartment, Anthony meets Strawberry's roommate, a cokehead who throws a uh, large drug party in the apartment. And we first meet her, he's like, what, lining up like, what, fucking Drano? And then she mistakes that for coke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she ends up snorting like three lines at once and she just <laughs> makes all these weird fucking faces and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was expecting her to fucking drop right there, but, uh, yeah, I guess she must be taking a lot of that shit. That doesn't affect her, apparently. Meanwhile, Strawberry has a war flash and loses his mind and jumps off his motorcycle, sending Pedro crashing. When he crashes, he sees cops hiding outside the apartment, ready to bust in and arrest the druggies at the party. Pedro tries to warn Anthony via phone, which is bugged, and the party is busted. Pedro uh, infiltrates the bus dressed like a repo man, claiming he's there to repossess the stuff. The cops buy the story, and Pedro rescues Anthony. After that, the two visit Pedro's friend's place, where the two get stoned, but not so much being that the weed is bad. At that point, immigration busts in, being that Pedro's friends, uh, or Pedro's friends calling immigration on themselves to get a free ride to a wedding in Mexico. Of course, uh, Pedro and Anthony, despite their efforts to hide, get caught and deported to Tijuana as well. That's an interesting way to get yourself to a wedding, I guess. <laughs> While in uh, Tijuana, Pedro calls his uncle and gets the address of an upholstery shop and arranges to pick up a van to uh, drive back to America. But after getting fast food o over the address, the two arrive at the wrong place, an upholstery shop, which is actually a marijuana plant in disguise. A factory actually makes materials out of solid and liquid marijuana, which is then smuggled across the border. The marijuana made things... made... Uh, they're worth up to, uh, nine, 
It says nine million, but uh, I think they said nine billion in the movie. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> and you know, it's it's heavily watched by the police, led by Sergeant Stadenko. Pedro and Anthony show up to the factory, unaware of what it really is, and say they're there to pick up the van. Rather than getting the an actual van, the stoners get a huge green van made of uh, from marijuana, top to bottom. From the steering wheel, to the tires, to the doors, to the gas tank, to the very structure of the van itself. Yeah. It's all, it's all made of pure solid and liquid marijuana, and the guys have no idea they're smuggling it into America. Yeah, I can't imagine driving around in that thing. <laughs> you think you'd be able to smell it. Right? The stoners drive their marijuana van to the border, where they're stopped by police. Anthony is uh, smoking a joint, which he ends up throwing out the window into a car full of nuns. <laughs> Pedro and Anthony are almost caught when the uh, police discover the joint in the nun's car. The car is taken away, and the nuns search and arrested by Sergeant Stadeco. Yeah, one and, of my favorite uh, parts of that scene right there is uh, when that cop asks, are you smuggling any narcotics? And Sean just has a major cough, and he's like, well, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Unaware of what they did, the hippies drive through the border back into America in their van, stopping at the border patrol station so Anthony can use the restroom. In the restroom, Anthony uh, pees next to Stadenko <laughs> and accidentally shakes himself dry on the sh- uh, sergeant's leg before leaving. <laughs> An angry chief leaves the bathroom to have the officers tell him that they were wrong about the nuns. It's actually two hippies in a big green van. Realizing who... Uh, Anthony must have been, and the green van was completely ignored. Sergeant uh, Stadenko and three officers get in a police car and set off on the roads after Pedro and Anthony. <laughs> the nuns are just sitting in their freaking car. And <laughs> <laughs> like, they don't know what to do because the doors are on. It isn't long before the cops get uh, sight of the marijuana van being driven by a Chicano and a hippie. They speed up only for Pedro to get view of two hitchhiking young ladies. He swerved the van across the highway, causing uh, the police to accidentally shoot the tires off their own police car. <laughs> Pedro and Anthony, who have no idea cops are pursuing them, pick up the hitchhikers and drive off. Uh, Pedro and one of the hitchhikers make out in the back, while Anthony drives with the other. Meanwhile, Stadenko has uh, fixed the tires and has continued the search, having no idea where the stoners could have gone. Uh, Pedro and Anthony learn from the hitchhikers that they are actually heading for a Battle of the Bands concert in Los Angeles, with the winners getting a record contract. Excited, Pedro and Anthony decide to uh, go to the Battle of the Bands with the ladies and compete. But first, they gotta stock up on some weed. Yeah. <laughs> the four stop the green van at a police station, where a stoner female cop goes to get the two ladies illegal marijuana. Uh, Pedro and Anthony use this time to play with the intercom and <laughs> police transmitter, <laughs> taunting sergeants to then go over the radio. <laughs> I don't know that they had the code name Hardhead, and they keep saying Loudass. Hardhead. <laughs> <laughs> Well, at this point, Sedenko is really upset, and he and his cops, you know, show up at the station. Sedenko goes to use the bathroom where Pedro is. Uh, 
Pedro, too, shakes himself dry upon Stadenko's leg, as Anthony did earlier. <laughs> and he ends up leaving, making Stadenko angrier. Yeah, it's funny. That's what it takes to get him to know what's going on. Pedro and Anthony and the girls, acquired with weed, return to the marijuana-made van and head on the road again to Los Angeles. However, unknown to the four, the gas coming out of the van is pure marijuana smoke, getting anyone who inhales really high. <laughs> this occurs at the police station, where someone near the van gets high and has a case of the munchies, ordering multiple uh, hot dogs from a nearby fast food stand. <laughs> uh, while they drive along the highway, the smoke from the van spreads out the uh, exhaust pipe, getting uh, all driving by with their windows down really high. At one point, a police officer on a motorcycle uh, speeds after them, but inhales the smoke and gets high and forgets what he's doing. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> guys, guy's hot dog. <laughs> uh, Pedro, Anthony, and the women get away, but the high cop is found by Stadenko, and while high, reveals where the marijuana van headed off to, and Stadenko follows after the van. Uh, the van soon arrives in Los Angeles to the Roxy Theater, where the Battle of the Bands takes place. Pedro and Anthony head into the theater and enter the competition, leaving the ladies behind. Uh, while inside getting ready, Anthony isn't feeling good, so he takes some pills given to him by uh, the hitchhikers, which turns out to be acid. Anthony slowly slowly gets high, and the smoke from the van enters the vents backstage and gets both Pedro and Anthony very high as they prepare to go on. As a result, Pedro dresses in a pink tutu and a Minnie Mouse bow, <laughs> while Anthony dresses in a red freaking, you know, wrestling uniform. I should mention, when they uh, they first got to the Roxy, they parked out back, and freaking Anthony, he's, a, he's asleep. <laughs> and one of the hitchhiker girls is just, like, telling them a story, and she starts freaking moaning. And <laughs> everybody starts looking at the van as it starts shaking. <laughs> oh, then, he's a fucking legend, man. And then uh, freaking Anthony he ends up waking up and you know, they're shaking the van a little bit more and he finally gets out and everybody just starts clapping for him like <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh what was that name? Like, oh I didn't know your name was Adam, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, Meanwhile, outside, Sedenko and crew have found the theater and tried to get inside, but are uh, shooed off by real policemen, being that they've left their badges in the car and uh, don't have tickets. Uh, the van is almost towed away, and Sedenko tries to take the van, but is uh, denied the right to have it taken away. A billion-dollar bust gone. Sedenko and the cops hang around uh, the van waiting for Pedro and Anthony, but get high off the smoke. And Stadenko is soon turned into a huge stoner uh, as the van burns down into nothing but marijuana smoke, getting everyone in Los Angeles really high. Yeah, and they were like fucking booing them on stage first, but then the smoke comes in and then they fucking like it all of a sudden. Uh, back in the theater, it is Pedro and Anthony's turn to go on. The van is nearly burned down, and all the smoke entering the vents has gotten everyone in the theater high. The two go on stage really high from the van smoke and almost knock over the band equipment. The two then play their rock song, Earache My Eye, an actual song on their record, about a gay boy trying to live his life. The song is a big smash, even though Pedro, you know, just 
<laughs> wrote it and sang it as he went on. <laughs> well, Pedro and Anthony, they win the contest and, uh, you know, the record deal, although, you know, they're still very high. Days later, Pedro and Anthony are back in California from their whole drugged-up adventure, driving in Pedro's lowrider on the street next to the beach where they first met. They're happy talking about their new record deal and all the possibilities that can happen. When they decide to smoke some hash, Anthony smokes some and hands it to Pedro, who accidentally drops it in his crotch. Uh, Pedro's crotch starts burning up and he freaks out as he and Anthony try to put it out. The car crashes as the hash starts burning up and Pedro and Anthony, uh, and the record, you know, everything, you know, just goes up in smoke. (laughs) And we roll credits. Uh, that's perfect. You said it goes up in smoke and roll credits. (laughs) Was that planned? Uh, I guess. (laughs) yeah it is now (laughs) all right jake well this is my first time watching a movie and like i said i've seen a few sheets and shung movies before just the price i never saw the one that started it all but yeah i mean what can you say about this movie it's just two guys who get together they love to get stoned and they're just going around accidentally getting everybody else stoned i mean that's that's basically the plot of this movie. But you know what? It's just a good fucking time. You just want to get together, have some laughs. I mean, I think this is funding whether or not you're stoner or not, man. So I'm going pretty damn good. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, pretty good with this one. You know, I, uh, I've i actually seen this one before. I saw it a long time ago. So, you know, I really didn't remember a lot of things in this. And, you know, I just... I had a lot of fun, you know, with it, and uh, so I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go pretty good. I mean, yes, what can you say? I mean, it's just a bunch of uh, stoner antics, man. I mean, when you think about it, a lot of Cheech and Chong movies, really have no plot to them. It's just like let's just watch these guys get stoned and cause a bunch of trouble. <laughs> yeah, that's really pretty much all it is. All right. <laughs> Especially with, like, the next one, you know, it was just like, all right, you know, no no story to this, so let's just have fun with it. <laughs> <laughs> right? So. Well, I think that's a pretty good segue, so let's just take a break, another song, another trailer, and then the next movie called Next Movie. I've already made that joke. Eh, I don't care. <laughs>
Teams, war and pestilence. Are you ready for the end of time? Death and taxes. Responsibility is a heavy responsibility, man. Bad breath. <laughs> and body odor. What, you the fast smell armpit? <laughs> and punk rock. <laughs> Comes Cheech and Chong. They walk. They talk. <laughs> And now they make number two. I got nowhere to go. Well, go see a movie or something. Cheech and Chong's next movie. All right, this is the tape. Mark it. It's the film that spits when it sings. The film that never changes its underwear. The film that leaves a stain on the theater screen. The dirty and filthy and deceived. Clean dress right. That's why I ain't getting no respect. When you go into these neighborhoods, man, you gotta have your stuff all together, man. You gotta have your attitude and your whole trip down, man. You know, everybody throws their bad looks at you, you know? Is it a love story? Take you all over for a dime. Okay for free, then. Is it a thriller? Take them, you won't break them. Is it a musical? Treat me like food. Treat me mean and crude. Is it a foreign film? Is it an alien attack? No! Wow, look at that! For the answers to these and other fundamental questions... He is that way. See Cheech and Chong's next movie. Come on, let's go, man. This looks like good fun. <laughs> because at a time like this, what everybody really needs is a good hit. Yeah, I don't think you better light it in here, man. Cheech and Chong's next movie. Hey, we are back now with Cheech and Chong's next movie. Came out July 18th, 1980, and 6.1 on IMDb. God, you always get the highest rated ones. I smell conspiracy. <laughs> hey, you. I, I think you're the one who chose the, the second one, okay? Yeah, I guess it will. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I've been giving you choices. You keep picking the lower ones. This is not my fault. <laughs> anyway, once again, written by Cheech and Chong and directed by Chong for sure right now. And uh, once again, starring Cheech and Chong and a few more people, including Pee Wee Herman. Uh, we'll get Mr. to some. Herman. Mr. Pee Wee Herman. We'll get to a bunch more surprise cameos as we go along. But uh, this movie opens up. Uh, Cheech and Chong, they're carrying around a trash can. And that's just to uh, siphon gas from a tow truck for their borrowed car. And so <laughs> they, they uh, dump it all in and as sloppily as they can, including uh, getting some gas right on them as well. <laughs> <laughs> After a while, well, Sean decides he's going to light up a joint, which turns out to not be a good choice because the boom <laughs> fucking explodes. <laughs> but of course, this is a slapstick comedy movie, so it's more of a slapstick comedy explosion where it's just like uh, they've got some ash on their face. Cheech decides he's going to go and uh, get some new clothes while Sean goes home. 
and she just goes to meet up with uh, his uh, girlfriend there who works at a movie studio where she's working on a movie where uh, people are being held hostage. And apparently there are a lot of good uh, recognizable names and there. Uh, one of them I recognize, Cassandra Peterson, a.k.a. Elvira, as one of these hostages. And uh, I didn't uh, quite see here, but apparently one of the other one was uh, Rita Wilson, Tom Hanks' wife. Yeah, so he's able to convince her that he needs new clothes because he convinces her that, you know, he's in where he is now because he was rescuing a baby from a fire. <laughs> and I guess she bites that. <laughs> yeah, totally. I, I risked my life for a baby who was like five feet up. And, uh, well, just as he's uh, leaving, well, uh, a guy dressed up as a Red Hulk comes up. He's like, hey, she's which wall do I need to come through? And, well... He sends him to the wrong set, which is the uh, set his girlfriend's working on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I like how his face. He's like, oh, shit, I better go. Chung <laughs> <laughs> goes back home, and, well, we learn they have a really annoying neighbor. Well, the neighbor's way more annoyed by all of them. I guess this was uh, his car that they were borrowing, and he just gives Chung a bunch of shit. Well, Shang responds by uh, going and uh, revving up a motorcycle in the house, which sends a bunch of fumes outside, destroying his flowers. And, well, Cheech ends up borrowing a van from the set, and he's driving home. And uh, my favorite part of this movie, he's driving home. He's singing uh, his own version of My Sharona, which is... My scrotum! I remember when I first saw this movie, I was obsessed with that part. I would sing that a lot, annoying the shit out of my parents. <laughs> well, Cheech comes home to Sean, like, playing guitar and completely loud and out of tune that it's annoying everybody around the block. <laughs> Including we see a dog just, like, you know, covering its ears, too. <laughs> Well, he comes in and just unplugs it, and I guess Sean's deaf now because he keeps asking him, what? What? End up taking off in a van and end up in a panic neighborhood, so they have to uh, uh, add some changes to the van a bit just to make it fit in. <laughs> Even in one part we see that they give it some hydraulics, which they are like uh, doing a little hydraulic battle with the car right next to them, just bouncing up and down. And, well, next thing you know, they're in somebody's yard. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, well, they stop by one place, and Sean walks out with a jar full of pee. And he just says he needs a urine sample for his probation office because the last time he used an unwashed mayonnaise jar. So this time he got the pee sample from his sister, who's pregnant. (laughs) <laughs> when only learns she's pregnant <laughs> and uh well i think if you're driving around with a jar full of pee you might want to put a lid on it because they're driving around and this thing's kind of spilling all over freaking strong is just purposely trying to make him spill it <laughs> <laughs> well shang also pulls out a bag of what looks like cocaine and she's like wants something that like no i don't think you should have it man but he ends up like shoving it right into his face and she's just like laughing about it first until he discovers that it's not cocaine it's laundry soap and well Sean gives them a jar full of pee to drink which he doesn't realize until he drinks it <laughs> and so the next morning they're all waking up and 
Well, she looks outside to see the van is gone. So he's freaking out, trying to figure out what to do. Like, he's trying to figure out the phone number for emergency. He needs to call. He's like, uh, that's 4118. Or how do you call the cops? And, uh, well, the phone rings and tells Shang to pick it up because he's worried it might be his job. And Shang answers it and then gives it to him. <laughs> and uh, we learn it's his job and he's fired and they came and picked it up themselves. And while Cheech is on the phone with them, Sean goes to the bathroom and, well, he pees out the window instead of the toilet and ends up peeing all over the neighbor. It kind of reminds me of something you forgot with the last movie, like very opening scene when we first met Cheech. <laughs> we think he's peeing in the toilet, but then he realizes he's peeing in the laundry basket. <laughs> they go to the welfare office and the other way around. <laughs> and, well, Cheech spots this chick that he's been talking to called Donna. And so he goes in to meet with her, and they do a little dirty stuff on the floor of her office while Shang is waiting outside next to this old man who's, like, laughing a lot. And a little surprise appearance by Michael Winslow doing his little Michael Winslow stuff. And this was uh, many years before Police Academy made him famous. Uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's, like, entertaining him with all the freaking noises. <laughs> and then, uh, I guess... Uh, Donna's boss comes in and catches them doing dirty acts on the floor. So they get kicked out. And now they're back at their place trying to do some songs. Like, uh, Cheech has wrote a song called Mexican Americans. song about what they like to do. And Shung's like, hey man, I got a song just like that. Except this one's called Beaners. <laughs> <laughs> I got a song just like that. Except it's completely different. <laughs> <laughs> just a little slightly more racist. <laughs> Well, Cheech gets a call from Donna saying that she wants to meet up with him later. So, you know, Cheech is about to kick Shang out of the house when he gets another call from his cousin, Red, who says uh, he needs some money. So Cheech decides he's going to have Shang meet up with him while he waits for Donna. And so Shang gets to the hotel and we meet Red, who's basically Cheech in a wig and talking with a more American accent. And he's at the front desk arguing with Pee Wee Herman, who's playing the clerk, talking about uh, how much money he owes. And he can't get to his room to get his luggage because of how much he owes. And, well, he doesn't want to leave this luggage behind because there's a lot of weed in there. So, uh, well, Pee Wee's calling the cops on them. They decide to sneak in, but they sneak into the wrong room. Or the couple's about to have sex, but they come in. It's like, hey man, what's going on? And they start tearing it apart while the couple's freaking out. And then finally <laughs> realize, oh shit, man, we're in the wrong room, man. The freaking woman was just like standing up every time, like <laughs> like she wanted to get touched. <laughs> like, don't you touch me? I'll sue you. But like, she's fucking standing up, like moving herself in their direction so that they'll touch her. <laughs> well, yeah, she ends up calling the front desk where so they got another reason for the police to come and uh, Red and Chong end up getting the luggage with all this big bag of weed in there and they hear the cops coming and Red gets an idea that he wants to record the cops and their noises. You know, the cops are out there with their megaphones saying, you're under arrest, please come out. And Red's coming up behind him with a boombox and a microphone to record all this shit. And, of course, cops ain't realizing these are the guys they have to arrest. They're like, please, get these people out of here. Well, then Pee-wee comes out and 
making a big fuss, ends up getting arrested himself. Yeah, foreshadowing what would happen to Paul Rubens maybe a decade later. <laughs> Except different circumstances. I, I, I don't know anything about Pee Wee Herman. I never watched that stuff growing up. Uh, the story, <laughs> when I first heard about him being arrested, uh, apparently somebody said he got arrested for taking his pants off in a movie theater. So me being the very young and naive person I was back in the day, the image I had in my head was, you know, him dressed up in his full peewee gear watching a movie and just all of a sudden takes his pants off, starts running around in his boxers like, peewee, running around in my boxers. <laughs> and of course, then years later, I find out, oh, well, Paul Rubens actually went to a porn theater and whacked it. That's what happened. That's why. <laughs> 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 Did they even have those kinds of theaters anymore? Like, I remember they were big in the 80s. Uh, well, this was in the early 90s, so... Yeah, so... Yeah. I remember they they did it in, um... They had one in, like, what, American Werewolf in London, and then... Yeah, yeah. That 70s show, they had it in there, and... Well, maybe it was a 70s thing. I guess so. Well, it was a thing until, like, probably the mid-90s, at least. Yeah, so... Oh, Red and Chong walk away. They, uh... End up going to a brothel, you know, where the bunch of these chicks are here, and, and of course they end up like in a hot tub for a bit. And <laughs> Shang's saying, "Yeah, man, the water's getting warmer, man." And Red's like, "Yeah, getting yellower too." Oh man, that's sick. <laughs> who pees in a pool or a hot tub? You gotta be messed up to do that. Well, maybe you gotta be fucking stoned to do it too. <laughs> They're going to be really fucking stoned. Hey, Sheesh and Chong were talking about me. Yeah, I mean, fucking Tommy Chong, look at how much weed he smoked in his life and what it did to him. <laughs> uh, hey, he's still alive and kicking for at 70. Uh, well, they end up walking in this one room where this shit gets tied up and the dude she's with is uh, dressed up as a chicken, acting like a chicken. <laughs> Red decides to mess with everybody in this brothel by taking the boombox and playing the noises of the police raid earlier. So everybody freaks the fuck out, ends up running out. And while the shit goes tied up, they take her along, ends up at a guitar shop, and start playing the guitars, which is annoying the guy who owns the store. And little Shang ends up making an amp explode. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Here, let's go into a music shop and play some instruments. Oh, wait, you can't do that in here. <laughs> that doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> and so they're kicked out and end up getting a ride with another woman. And you know, the owner of the store is coming out you know, uh, yelling at him. And Red just ends up giving him a big sack of weed. And just as they drive off, uh, the police arrive just to find this guy holding all this weed. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, well, they end up at the woman's, like, house, where she lives with her mom and dad. And, well, the dad's not home yet, but the mom is, and she's just having way too much fun with the gang. Like, she sees them, and she thinks they're supposed to be dressed up as Wizard of Oz characters. Like, she thinks Red's, uh, the cowardly lion, the woman's, uh, the prostitute woman's, uh, Glinda the Good Witch, and Chong is supposed to be Toto. <laughs> You know, they end up having dinner, and just at this point, Dad comes home, and wouldn't you know it, he was a guy from earlier who was in the room with the chick when she was tied up, and she recognizes, like, Charlie! 
And he's just like, oh, shit. <laughs> the freaking wife must be so oblivious. Yeah. I mean, obviously, because I think they end up getting everybody fucking stoned. Well, uh, <laughs> now we get back to Sheesh and... Well, he's still at home waiting for Donna, who hasn't shown up yet, and apparently he's been ironing a lot, and now just saying all to himself, all sad, making trumpet noises, and, uh, well, everybody decides now they're gonna drive around and stop at a comedy club, and of course, the main actor is actually Pee Wee Herman himself, well, different character now playing himself, and, you know, he's, uh, he's going up there, and just immediately, you know, like, Red, Chong, and Kang start heckling, and he's like, hey, you, you think you're better? Why don't you come up here, man? And, well, they all start coming up, making jokes themselves, like, Red tell a joke about how some guy, that's another guy next to a bowl, hey, what time is it? So he lifts up the bull's balls and he's like, tells him at times like, oh man, how can you tell the time from touching that bull's balls? Well, you see how he lifts it up and see that clock over there? (laughs) 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 And well, Sean, he decides what he's going to do is like, hey, I'm going to turn this glass into a dick. And so he ends up wrapping a napkin around the glass and putting it right (laughs) on his crotch area. Well, at this point, uh, Peewee comes back with this really freaking big woman. It uh, it kind of looked like a tranny. I I I was not re- gonna lie. I I tried looking looking for this woman and uh Catholic. I don't know if I can find her. I mean, you know, I see the pictures. Uh, Faith Minton. I guess apparently is her name. I uh, I'll look it up later. <laughs> of course, first thing she does is go up to Sean and just breaks his glass, which is near his dick area, and a full out riot breaks out. Red, he's out there waiting by him. Of course, he's mistaken for a valet guy, and the guy gives him the keys to his car, and he's like, No way, far out, man! (laughs) Gives him the keys to his fucking Ferrari and $20. (laughs) (laughs) Only in the city, man. (laughs) So him and Chong end up driving off, and Chong's freaking out because he's like, We left the weed behind, man. He's like, Hey, man, I know where to go. Well, now we're back with Sheesh, and oh, right now he's actually asleep, and he's dreaming that, you know, he's about to have some sexy times with Donna. Right in the middle of this dream, Donna actually shows up finally. She's at the door knocking, and uh, at this time in the dream, the neighbor comes in and starts bothering him, so she's yelling out, Hey, man, get the fuck away, man! Get the fuck away! Well, Donna hears all this, and she thinks he's talking to her, so... She walks off all frustrated. She wakes up just in time just to see her drive off. Yeah, no poontang for her cheats that night. <laughs> well, Red and uh, Chong, they end up uh, driving off and they're followed by the cops. Red ends up driving and losing them and they all end up in a pot field, which is where he was going in the first place. Red has to show off the booby traps he set off there. Just messes up with the cops. It's like a bunch of fireworks going off and making them freak out. And at this time, they see a light in the sky. It's like, hey, what's going on here? Turns out to be a UFO. Ends up abducting Chong and Red. <laughs> well, Cheech is back home having another dream where uh, he's a uh, you know at a temple dressed up as a you know uh, ancient person. Uh, and you know he's a uh, an altar with a dead body of. Don, he said at first, but then he decides, uh, <laughs> after a while, he's going to do some things with her body. And then he starts hearing Chong's voice yelling, Cheech, Cheech. 
thinking uh, dreaming he's a warlord or something. And he's like, oh, man, she's dead already, man. And he wakes up to find that Shang Tsung, and you know, he's uh, dressed up very weird, like a horned helmet and shit. And he ends up telling him about the night that they had, including the alien. <laughs> Got the dogs up to the microphone now. <laughs> yeah, he's laying here trying to bite me oh, okay. because I'm not paying attention to him. And uh, well, a good old souvenir they got from the UFO is some space coke, which he gives to Cheech and ends up <laughs> sending Cheech into a fucking rage. Like he's a fucking Incredible Hulk. He ends up busting out of the house and busting the neighbor's fence and going into his house. And Shonk follows and next thing you know, they end up flying right out, right into space. Ends up going to a anime doobie in the sky and that's where this movie rolls credits. <laughs> that's it, man. <laughs> that's how it ends with, that's it, man. Yeah, what do you think of this movie, Scott? Well... This one definitely, uh, you know, it didn't have really a story to it. It's, it was more just like, let's give them weed and throw in some characters and just, just turn the camera on. <laughs> right. And, you know, I I guess, like, one of the characters is played by, like, one of Cheech's, like, uh, brothers or cousins or something like that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I did see uh, somebody with Marin and uh, oh no, I think it was Shang in the in the cast list. Uh, Marcus Shang. I I thought there was like a, a Ricky Marin. Maybe there is a yeah. Keep talking. I'll see if I can find that. But you know, you know, it's it's fun to just screw around and you know have fun. And uh, you know that that's what this movie is. You know, if you you just gonna throw it on and have a fun time. I mean, I, there there were some good laughs in here, but you know. For me, ultimately, I I didn't laugh as much as I did from the first one. You know, I think uh, I'm gonna go just okay. It's not it's not a pretty good level. It's 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 just kind of like a mediocre one. Yeah, something we miss, I guess. Uh, this was like part of the uh, movies they were making when you know Cheech sends the uh, Red Hulk guy coming through. I guess Phil Hartman was part of that group too. Yeah, and that. Not seeing uh, another Marin. Yeah, for me, like I said, this is the second time watching it, and yeah, the first time I watched it was uh, Think Back in High School, and I watched it on TV, so I missed a bunch of good jokes in there, I imagine. I just don't remember. I mean, I remembered, of course, my favorite part, the My Scrotum! And the uh, Cheech singing the song about Mexican-Americans. Oh, yeah, I see it. Uh, it's uh, saying... Red was played by Richard Marin, but yeah, we we know it's actually just Cheech. That's probably where he got thrown off. Yeah, but yeah, I guess it, there's really no fucking plot to this movie. I mean, you know, I guess at least with Up and Spoke, you know, they had them <laughs> trying to get to the uh, uh, talent show, the Battle of the Bands. But you know, this one, yeah, no basic plot, just Cheech and Chong just going and getting themselves in trouble. But, you know, there's nothing wrong with that once in a while. It's just, you know, just, you know, not everything needs to have a good little plot. You just want to watch guys just go out and have fun. Eh, I'm going to give this one a pretty good as well. But, uh, yeah, just maybe a little less than the first one. But I have some fun times with this for sure. Uh, so, yeah, that's our first Cheech and Chong episode. And I imagine we'll return to this well sometime soon for sure. Okay, so <laughs> take a break and discuss next time.
some money, 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 money. And we're back. And no feedback this week. Well, thank God the hell. I, I figured you seen some Cheech and Chong. Well, you know, you, you can't really blame him. I mean, we did have a quick turnaround. Well, yeah, but usually so, send uh, feedback really quick, though. But, oh, well. That's fine. So, next time, well, we'll be talking about another duo. I mean, not a stoner duo, but more of a actor-director duo. These guys done quite a few films before and uh, talk about their most famous roles. Talk about John Carpenter and Kurt Russell. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, we're redoing the thing. We're doing it twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just can't talk about that film enough. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, for real. We're talking about Kurt Russell as Snake Plissken. Yeah, I uh, I finally got around to watching him this year, and I said, fuck it. To lead us into October, we're going to start out with a bang. Even Indeed. though it'll be <laughs> two weeks before October, but, you know, it is what it is. Oh, there you go. I, I guess you didn't say it as much ever since I called you out on it. Damn it. I fucking yeah. forgot. <laughs> yeah, no drinking game this episode. <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, no, you're stretching it. <laughs> now you're trying to push it too much. So, yeah. It is what Scott? It is. <laughs> um... Yeah, mofos at gmail.com. And I am JakeTheSnake54 on Twitter. I'm at Brother underscore Scout one I am 
Iron Man. I don't know the way I was saying my thing. I was just starting to think like that sounds a lot like how Tony said it at the end. His last words. It's too soon, Jake. Yeah, I got, speaking of, I got an idea for New Year's Eve. I figured out, well, I mean, it didn't go quite as planned, but I remember at the beginning of the year, I was trying to watch Infinity War and get timed perfectly so Thanos would snap right at midnight. Well, it didn't go quite as planned because my Blu-ray player kind of fucked it up, but I was thinking, you know... That's probably the idea of it has started all the shit that's happening this year. So this New Year's, I'm going to try to watch Endgame and plan it perfectly. So Tony snaps at midnight and says, <laughs> right, you're blaming Thanos for 2020. <laughs> Gotta blame somebody for this shit. <laughs> or, or maybe do it when Bruce Banner snap, you know, because, you know, he, he's the one who brings back everybody. I don't know. I've, I've got a few months to decide that shit. Yeah, you know, and you'll, you'll figure it out. Yeah, okay, we're rambling on. So until escape from New York and L.A., peace out. Later, fuckers. Pretty soon you have to deal with the truth behind the way.